Welcome to The Hot Seat, David Judge here, and here we are at Season 2, Episode 4 of The Hot Seat, where we release a new episode every second Tuesday and talk to industry influencers that have worked hands-on in the real estate industry to find out where they see current and future trends and what you can do about it to support and grow your business. Now, the other week, Ever and I were fortunate enough to have a chat to Ray Ellis, who is the CEO of First National, where we gain Ray's insights and opinion on where he sees the industry now, where he sees it in the future, and the challenges and changes we can see in the future. Now, what I found most surprising out of the whole interview is that Ray actually comes from a varied background, everything from running a casino, managing an AFL club, running a marketing company, and also working as a part of the travel industry during its biggest time and transition. Now, this is all before he took on the current role of 14 years at First National. In our interview, we also discuss why the industry needs to be more adaptive to change and why a defined point of difference is more important today than ever before, the importance of becoming an expert in your area and using that to get more business than your competitors, the change in dynamics of the Australian population and how we're becoming a rental society and how that's actually impacting the industry and so much more. When talking to Ray, you can see how his experience across a variety of industries has helped him to become an authority in business management and growth for real estate. And in this interview, you can also say how, see how Ray's passion for the industry will be important for the industry in the where it is right now and in the future and as it currently continues to adapt to constant change. Okay, great interview. Let's get into it and have, the, uh, have a watch of the interview and roll it. Welcome to the Hot Seat Powered by Affordable Staff. David here and I have... Ever Judge. As well as Ray. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you, Ray. So you're the CEO of First National? That's me, Chief Executive of First National Real Estate. Great job, great company. 15 years? Well, almost 15. Yes, yes almost 15. Very good, very good. So. Um, thank you again for coming on to the show. Basically, what we're going to do today is, is have a conversation with you around where you think the industry has been in the past, where it is now, and where you see it going in the future. Sound good? Sounds good. Try and cover all those bases. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So we'll just start off with the first question. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you entered into the industry? Um, well, I've had a varied career. Um, I've um, ran a, a casino and transportation company in Las Vegas. Okay. I've uh, managed an AFL club. Yes. I had my own advertising agency for 10 years. I was managing director for Asia Pacific, the biggest travel company in the world. Yes. And uh, I started out in the insurance industry when I was a young man. Oh, wow. So it gives me a broad <laughs> range of experience across a whole range of industries. Mm. But uh, my career and background has always been about change. Yes. And not so much trying to predict the future, but make sure the company I'm working for or own is ready for the future. Because the future is not tomorrow, the future is today. That's correct. That's correct. And do you think that the, the previous roles and, and positions and jobs you've had throughout your career have really helped in the real estate industry now? Correct. They've always been along the travel industry. That was about the change of the internet coming into that industry. Yes. Advertising would be how you get your product, your services out in a very crowded market. And working in America, that gave me great expertise of volume and transactions and commitment to excellence. Yes. So it's not just myself, but anybody in their industry in their own personal lives, they need to bring that experience to the fore to how you can make not so much your lives better, the company you work for or with better. And that's what I try and do with First National. And um, so within First National, uh, so do you come from a sales background or property management well, background? Or? No, 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 no. Yep, the, um, I've, I've owned and bought and sold houses. Yes. I'm now the expert in real estate as well at the time at First National. I've been fortunate to sit on the REIA board. I was about to rejoin that and I get involved in lots of forums and yes. campaigns through the state institutes. One at the moment where we've got a professionalism campaign to make our industry truly professional mm. and I support that with great, great initiative. So uh, business is easy. 
It's yeah. a management of people that's difficult, and uh, we're just trying to make our industry a strong industry, which we are, but a strong industry from a lobby point of view, because the biggest industry in Australia is property management yes. and sales and houses and value and everything like that. It eclipses mining, it eclipses tourism, mm. but we're a hidden industry. We're a cottage industry. We're a local agency in the suburbs or a big agency in the city. So the more we can be galvanised as an industry, the greater input we'll have in the government policy. And with an election coming up in Australia, it's more critical at this time than any time in Australia's history for real estate. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so um, just so moving on that and talking about the industry right now, what do you see as being the biggest challenge or problem in the industry at the moment? Uh, I'm a bit of a heretic when it comes to things like that. There's a, there's a phrase around the moment called disruption. Yes. Well, disruption is just it's called change. business. Yes. It's change. Yes. New people come into the markets. How did the horse and carriage industry go when cars were invented? Mm. How's Kodak going now when it's digital processes rather than films? That's right. You know, how's yeah. Blockbuster going with streaming of movies as opposed to hiring them? So you have to be prepared for change. Mm. But the, big, the biggest problem facing our industry is there is many organisations that think they can be part of the information distribution to those considering real estate. Mm. And the best source of information is your local real estate agent expert. Yes. They live in that suburb, they work in that suburb, they know what's going on in relation to values, planning, commitments, whole range of infrastructure, whatever. So the local expert real estate is the main source of information and it doesn't matter how many apps are bought out, how many reports you're able to receive, that good, solid local expert information is the strength of our industry and the biggest challenge to our industry. Mm. So touching, touching on that, so how do you find in our current space, how are our agents and our property managers adapting to this change? Are they coping with it okay, do you believe, or, or do you think sometimes they can get held up in, this is how we've always done things in the past? I'd like to say, and it's true, that all the First National people are coping very well because we're keeping with the tools for that change, I have to say that. But generally, as an industry, not just real estate, not very well at all. Because all I say to people is, you don't know how to cope with change, Mm. try brushing your teeth with another different hand tonight. It's impossible. So we always get in our own comfort zone, we've done it this way, what's this new fandangled thing or whatever. And until we actually see that it's working, we've been dragged into using it, that's the most difficult thing. Because we are creatures of comfort, we are creatures of habit. I'm, I'm reluctant to say we like to do things the easy way, but if we're doing it, we're comfortable, we'll keep on doing that way. Yes. But the problem with that is, you are then in the, in the pile of your competitors. Mm. And any business, you have to point out what is different about you. And it's really evident in real estate, because we're just an industry of undistinguished colors. Oh. So the first national colours are the only difference between, say, another agency, and that's what the public see. That's right. So how we adapt to give them a point of difference is critical. Mm. And it's more critical now in today's society because the consumer wants to be communicated with the way they want to be. Yeah, and that's, that switches now. And, and, and that's, that's their choice. So we're still doing the same old things that were great six months ago, great ten years ago. That's ancient history. So we have to be prepared to change, and it's a nuisance, and it's hard, and we've got to brush our teeth with a different hand so it's impossible or whatever, but guess what? That's what life, and that's yeah, what it's life. And occasionally you'll have someone dropping yeah, yeah. off as part of that because they can't deal with the change, Correct. but that, that's, right. that's the reality of it. And you look at our journey over the last, as a, you know, in, we, our in our business, um, up until about five years ago, we were an online marketing business, and that's where we had a majority of our clients. Google made a substantial release back in 2012, and it totally, 
flip the industry upside down. And then if we we had to make the decision at a point in time to either go and embrace the change and to look at outsourcing, which is what we're doing now, or we would have literally we would have literally been out of business. Absolutely. So it's it's I think it's important to. you're right you people you can get very stuck in your own comfort zone you can get it's very easy to get put there yeah but what i was going to sort of just add to that um we work with a lot of brands and obviously we deal with a lot of agencies and one of the things that things that really strikes me about the first national brand is the yes the adapted you know how people adapt to change which is great but also how first national agencies like seriously help each other out uh, it's it's one of the things that really mm. it stands out. Like you'll be talking to someone from First National in, somewhere in Queensland and they'll be saying, yeah, I was just on the phone to somebody in Victoria. They were just teaching me how to do this and this because that's what works really, really well thank in the business. It's really quite amazing to see that support well, within the network. network. Well, thank you for that because we work very hard at that. Yes. We call that our fabric. Because as I said before, business is easy. I don't want to decry our industry, but basically what we do is we sell secondhand houses. Mm. You know, it, it's, it's, it's not a complicated product, it's not a complicated process, but the difficulty is getting the vendor and the buyer to meet. Mm. Yes. So how we manage people is very important because if you're happy working in the First National office, if you see an advantage and your career's going well, you will enjoy work. Yes. So what we call our fabric, which is a way we relate to each other, mm. not in competition, not in arrogance, not in apathy, but just in how do I have a better work life tomorrow? We believe that's better at First National. Because if you don't enjoy your work, you have a miserable life. Because we spend our time at work. Mm. Now, along the well, journey, there's some people you don't like and you have issues, all that sort of stuff. Welcome to life. You know, it's, it's not meant to be a, a rose garden, mm. but it's not meant to be tough. And we try and make it easier at First National. So thank you for that. Oh, pleasure. It's, it's, it's genuinely, it really stands yeah. out. It's evident, yep. Mm. So looking at, looking at people within the industry at the moment, and I think you started to touch on it around, um, it, it's funny you watch the swing. Uh, a number of our clients, they say to us that they, they know that they're doing their job well if they're like the Lord Mayor of their area where people will come to them for not just for, you know, I'm looking at renting a property or I'm looking at having someone manage or I'm looking at someone selling my property, but they have actually have people contact them and saying, hey, what's the best cafe in the area? What's the best this? What's the best that? How do you, how do you think uh, with that in mind that someone can differentiate themselves in the industry? You have to become the expert. You have to, re- I got asked this question at a training session the other day, nothing with real estate, it was about life coaching. Yes. And someone said, how do I improve myself? I said, improve your general knowledge. It's, it's one of the weaknesses of our education system at the moment that we are churning people out on specific tasks. Yes. And you may be great at that, but if you don't expand and know about history or what's going in your local area or geography or those sorts of things, you are turning yourself into a mushroom. Yes. And general knowledge, being forced to read a different book, being forced to find out what's going on with that parking allotment or that development that area or whatever, it may not concern you, but it concerns your area. Mm. So if you don't expand your general knowledge, and it's hard now because we used to read a newspaper and read everything, now you go online and just read what's of interest to you. Well, that narrows your brain. It does. It's exactly right. The, the likes of Twitter and Facebook, yeah. they really have compartmentalised compartmentalized. Compartmentalized. <laughs> people into, into those um, subject matters. That's exactly because right. somebody will come to the area and say, look, I'm, I'm very interested. Like when, when I go to different hotels where I say, where's the local church? And half of them will go, huh? Uh, huh? Well, they're working in the concierge. They should know that. So when they come into your office, you know, is there a local carnation society? Where do the scouts meet? What's going on? I saw a sign there about a new road going. What's going on with that road? If your response is, huh? Mm. 
you don't have the information provided. If you're responsible, I know this, whatever, because general information people can get on the internet, specific yeah. information they want from a person. Yes. If you make yourself that person, you are the local expert, you will do a lot more business than you can pay. And you should also, I guess, express that on the likes of social media as well. Correct. Because people will come to you because they'll see you as that authority, as a person who really knows his or her backyard. Yeah. And it's a lot easier now because you can put that out on social media. Yeah. So basically, anybody with a phone can become an expert on anything. Mm. And they look like an expert. Yes. But if you can demonstrate it in person, if you demonstrate with authority outside of social media, and social media is great, it's just a new way of communicating. But eventually, and this is the strength of our industry, you asked before what I like about it, mm. the best thing about our industry is people talking to people. Yes. And that is, if you are a good communicator, and if you are genuine and you do want to assist people with the biggest investment of their life, which is a house or an investment or a commercial product or a business, if you are genuine in that, that separates you from your competitor. Mm -hmm. So improve your communication skills, not just because it's going to be an advantage for you today, but it's going to be an advantage right. for you, all right. sorts of people, those sorts of things, because then you will get the referrals. Mm -hmm. Someone will call you up and say, oh, I was asked to call you because they said you are the expert on this. Yes. That's what you're able to put out there. The social media makes it easier. And I think the other thing expanding on that is you see that you see the agents or you see the people in property management that look at it as a lifestyle as opposed to a job. And when they see it as a lifestyle, they have full ownership of it. And Correct. and they're not, uh, it, they, you know, if someone says, what do you do for a living? They don't go, oh, I'm a real estate agent. They say, well. I'm a property manager. Yeah. See, property managers are asset managers. Mm. That's what they are. You know, because it's someone's biggest asset, asset yes. it's a portfolio. Uh, they're obviously not a stockbroker or an accountant, but that person has entrusted one of their biggest assets to you to manage it. Mm. And there'll be different things along this property management is a difficult job yes. because you are dealing with human behavior. Mm. And the seven deadly sins are true because they're true. You yeah. see that all day in property management. Yes, I've listened to many phone calls of property managers <laughs> on the phone with tenants and landlords. And, yeah. and everyone. Yeah. Yeah, we're in a society now where instant gratification, instant resolution, sometimes mm. things, things take time. Mm. No one wants to cause that, but if you have the communication skills and you bring it back to the basics and you have genuine interest in your landlord and your tenant, the world's your oyster. Mm. Because most people outside of First National do it poorly. So. Expanding on that and just talking about, um, we're talking about where the industry is now. In, and it's funny, beforehand you said six months change. It, it, it really is like that. When we, um, the, the changes that we're noticing over a shorter period, and it's the, 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 the gap in the time in change is lessening and lessening and lessening. So I, I dare to ask the question, what do you see as being the, um, the biggest challenge in, let's say, the next two years? And what do you think we can do about it as an industry? The biggest challenge in the next two years in our industry is the number of organizations and app developers or information providers that are trying to take a slice of our commission or our, or our rental and lending fees mm. without doing actually any of the work. Yes. Because they just see it as a pool of money they can get access to. Yeah. We'll take half a percent here, half a percent here, do that or whatever. That's just making us split it. Mm. And the fact that we charge a commission or we charge a fee is coming under some criticism. Mm. And I don't understand that criticism because we live in a capitalist society. Yes. Every organization has to make a profit. Everybody has to make an income on what they're selling. And we seem to be moving into an era where there should be no commission, no fees, it should be a free service. Mm. Well, if that's the case, there's no employment in Australia. That's right. So therefore, nobody can do anything. Mm. And that's a trend towards 
a whole range of how can I get this for the cheapest or the no cost basis. If we as a society go on that trend, well, welcome to communism and mm. by capitalism. You know, and, and, and interestingly enough, the, um, the travel agency industry has been impacted quite heavily by, you know, people creating apps, et cetera, et cetera. But our like we we have a, our travel agent that we've been using now for a period of time. Thanks, George. Thanks, George from Hello World <laughs> Travel, um, and he's fantastic. And the stuff that he does for us, he is definitely the subject matter expert oh, around absolutely. travel. Because I don't know George from a bar of soap, but I guess what he does do, he cares. Yes. Oh, end of story. It's beyond. It's beyond. Yeah. You know the amount of times where we've travelled, and we travel quite a lot. Yeah. You know the amount of times we travel, or someone's gotten sick, or something's had to happen. We don't have to sit there for an hour on the phone to Virgin or Qantas or whoever it is. No, text message, yeah. 10 minutes later, all sorted, is in your itinerary. Now, it's, it's he's amazing. probably charging a little bit more, but you're well, that's the thing. That's the thing is because you're paying for the convenience. Well, we, I have no idea. for the expertise. I have no idea how much he, yeah, I have no idea how much he, he charges. It doesn't matter. We get the service. Matter. Yeah, we get the service. Like, we don't sit there and say, what percentage of the flights are you getting? Look, we have no idea. And, and um, it, the George, way that if he, you're watching this, please don't overcharge. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so this charging, the way we do it, is, a, is one of the biggest issues for our industry. But the other issue coming for us is that uh, we have a changing dynamics of the Australian population. Mm -hmm. uh, the tradition was that you got married at 21, 22, you bought your first house at 22, 23, you had your first child at 24, 25, and that set you on the cycle of home ownership and family raising. That, that's now been delayed until the 30s and the 40s. So the teenage years are going from 17 to 40 sometimes, maybe 60 for some men, but I won't comment any further on that. <laughs> so therefore the time to get into ownership, pay off that mortgage is being shrunk. So the rental society is now upon us. That's not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It is just different. So the way we market properties, build properties, and look at home ownership as an objective, there's a change in dynamics that in society, and we have to adjust to that as an industry. Mm. And I'm noticing um, it's interesting looking at property management specifically. You know, I'm noticing a number of the different elements of, of things that you'd see within the real estate, the sales side now starting to come across to property management in a, in a, in a, a, um, a way to assist different agencies from differentiating and, and offering that level of service that you, know, that you would have a as opposed to a single transaction, the, the small micro transactions that you have when you're dealing with um, a property management agency. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's fascinating to watch that, that transition of the, a lot of the techniques from sales coming across to uh, property management as well. So. And you have to differentiate. Yes. I mean, it's an asset investment. So if you're choosing a property manager and their services based on the lowest fee, you are making the wrong decision. Mm. Because you will get what you paid for. Yes. And if you're happy to have your assets devalued then take a cheaper fee that's, that's the part that really gets me sometimes I, I just, just makes me go wow because people want to go for someone that has the lowest management fees but you're giving them well most people are giving them the, the, the biggest asset they will ever own and yet they're expecting them the same level of service you have to learn to shift the debate there's a wonderful phrase i use people when my children used to say it I'm bored, and my response would be only boring people are bored. Mm. So, it, it, and it's true. So, if you're only looking for the cheapest fee, we're not the person for you because you will get that amount of service. Yes. So, you have to elevate the discussion away from the fee to how do you want your asset managed? What do you want me to take off in managing your asset to meet your expectations of the fee? Mm. You have that discussion. Most people say, "Oh, I want all that." Okay, well then, thank you for the discussion. Yeah. That's but we right. we've got to have the courage to have that conversation. 
Mm. And, and I think a lot of people coming from a property management background probably don't have the sales techniques and experience. Yeah. And that's up to the principal do those sorts of things yeah. or whatever. Because it's, but, it's a, but it's a challenge for property managers. It's, it's a challenge, yes. So um, last question before we go on to the hot seat questions. What special advice would you give to somebody that's looking at coming into the industry right now? The real estate industry is a wonderful profession because we're about helping people. Mm. We have some hard challenges. It's a hard job. You work long hours. You don't end up driving a BMW and wearing a three-piece suit and looking sharp on day one. Yes. And that shouldn't be your objective. Your objective should be you can build a business around your communication skills, you can build a business around your expertise, and you can set your own hours and your own limits to what your income can be. Now, that's a wonderful opportunity in today's society mm-hmm. in an era where education, degrees, compliance, a whole range of issues will dominate it moving forward. The financial planning industry is being wrecked by compliance. You know, the average age of that industry now is 61, 62, because no one's going into it. So financial planning is going to suffer in Australia in the next 10 or 15 years. Real estate still provides that opportunity. Yeah. But be prepared to do the hard yards, because I know for a fact, and as I said, I've worked in lots of industries, the great strength about the real estate industry is if you do the hard yards, you will succeed. Mm. There's no luck involved in it. Yes. Do the hard yards, you'll succeed. A lot of other businesses, you start a restaurant or a dress shop, you do the hard yards, you're not guaranteed a success. Right. You do the hard yards in real estate, you yeah. will succeed. It's guaranteed. That's my that's my advice to people. It's mm. a great industry to be involved in yeah. because yeah. we're helping people. Okay, so we're just going to take a quick break, then we'll come back and we're going to roll out with the hot seat questions. Perfect. Look forward to it. Okay, welcome back to the hot seat. We've taken a short break. Thank you, Ray, again for answering all the questions. That we Pleasure. Have. Give it your best shot. Excellent. Excellent. So now we're moving into the, the 60 second hot seat where we ask uh, questions, short, concise, but uh, if you have any more details you want to add, then most definitely. Okay, you ready? Yep. Okay, your number one bucket list item. Number one bucket, bucket list item is go to the falls in South America, Iguazu Falls. Fantastic. Strangest thing you've ever eaten? Strangest thing I've ever eaten is fried cockroaches in Thailand, which is like a pack of potato chips. They were very young. Oh, they were tasty. There you go. Do they add salt? I didn't need it. (laughs) (laughs) Describe yourself in three words. Um, Tough, caring and consistent. How do you you spend your first three hours of each day? Um, Wake up, um, check what's going on and some current affairs shows I taped overnight. Go to the gym every third day and start to think about the day. Fantastic. Favourite drink? Uh, Mineral water with lemon juice. Would you prefer, prefer would you prefer to be invisible or to be able to fly? Um, I think fly, get around quicker. Yes, a mistake that ended up being a success? Um, bought shares in a company which I thought was a good idea, was a terrible idea, but turned out to be the best thing I ever did. Okay. Morning or night? Morning. Weapon of choice? Uh, I don't like violence, so I'll pass on that one. I think um, a number of people said uh, their voice as well as their phone. <laughs> University or School of Hard Knocks? School of Hard Knocks. What advice would you give to an 18-year-old Ray? Um, that's a standard answer. Don't sweat the small stuff. Everybody worries about stuff that's unimportant. One item you could not live without? Uh, my wife would say my phone, so I'll run with that. Cats or dogs? Uh, I've got a beautiful dog named Harry, so that's yeah. the one. Yeah. And how many keys do you have on your key ring? Uh, about 22. Mm-hmm. About 22. There you go. Yeah, um, we're uh, anti-key people. Yep. <laughs> We've managed to go to zero now. We managed to go to zero. Fantastic. That was it. Easy as that. Glad to be at help. Yes. Well, thank you very much again, Ray, for yeah for sitting and, and interviewing on the hot seat. 
Um, thank you, Eva, as well, for co-hosting with me. And yes, we'll talk again soon. Great job. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to the episode with Ray Allison. Before you go, I'd ask if you enjoyed the episode that you subscribe to our podcast, which you can find if you search for The Hot Seat, where you listen to podcasts, especially on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I also want to remind you that The Hot Seat is powered by affordable staff. And if I am 100% honest, we could not put The Hot Seat together without outsourcing. There's a lot of background work that goes into creating a podcast, and this could not be done without outsourcing it to our overseas team. I record the content that you're watching now, and then I send it offshore where they handle the the video and audio edits, the podcast distribution, uh, the creating of the short excerpts that we post on Facebook, um, preparation of the mail out that goes out, and so much more. So thank you very much to our team within the Philippines. Okay, great. Thank you again for all your support, and we'll catch you again in a fortnight in the next hot seat.